With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. He's the popular Chris Collinsworth who joins us uh, on the program. Where do you want to start, Chris? What's your game? Oh, I just thought I'd start with my free Mercedes that I oh, get for okay. coming on your show. Is All that right? right? Since yep. you're just giving them away. Look you know? out in the driveway. <laughs> Look out in the driveway. Have Holly go out in the driveway. It's right there. I'll do it. Yep. It's I'll do it. right I'll there. Do it. Okay. Which game you want to start with? Um, let's start with uh, Tampa. Okay. I was surprised. I mean, there's a couple of things that, that surprised me, but the one thing I think will get overlooked is I thought that was a Tampa win, a true Tampa win. Tom will get the credit, but that Tampa defense did some special things against Aaron Rodgers that I, I think will be understated, Chris. Um, how would you describe what that philosophy was? Well, I, I think that you have to, I, A, I think you're dead on. Um, and, and maybe in part, we finally saw the David Bakhtiari injury show up in this game, you know, because we saw a week ago that it didn't show up. It was like, oh, it just looked like the Green Bay offense. It was no worries at all. They, they finally figured it out and Aaron's going to do what he does. They're going to run the ball maybe a little bit more and, but you know, it's going to be fine. But for the second straight time now, the Tampa Bay defense dominated Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, I, I studied the, the first game between these two teams uh, because I w- had one of them the following week, whatever. So I got to watch all the blitzing that Tampa did. And, and you know, they really impacted Aaron Rodgers in a way that I just had not seen anybody really impact him. And then you come back in this game and, yeah, they had some five-man pressures and they did a little bit of that. But there was a lot of one-on-one winning going on on the defensive line of the Buccaneers. And one of the problems you have when you have a superstar out, and we'll get to this in the Kansas City game now because they're going to be missing both of their tackles. But without David Bakhtiari in there, all of a sudden, all the help that you could give the other guys on that offensive line goes away. 
Now you're one-on-one -on -one at other positions as well as the left tackle position. And that could always be assumed if you were Aaron Rodgers. If you have Bakhtiari in there, you just assume that that backside is covered. So you're really only worried about four offensive linemen and doing whatever you need to do to protect them. Yeah, but you see, um, and this was a depleted secondary too. Like they didn't even have a healthy secondary and they were putting all that pressure on Aaron Rodgers. Um, it, let me start with the Packers. You didn't take advantage of Tom Brady three interceptions in the second half. If I would have said Brady's throwing three picks in the second half, you just assume that they're going to be able to take advantage. They only cashed in with six points. What was the big problem, do you think, with that offense and not being able to do anything? You know, I, I think, A, you have to give credit to what they did defensively. Uh, you know, I, maybe it was just the confidence they built in the first game where they utterly – they were down 10 nothing in that first game playing in Tampa and came back and won 38-10. to And the other part of it is and, – and you hit on this – that, you know, you, you'd start the game without Winfield. You lose Whitehead, the other safety in the game. So now what you're really saying is, if I'm going to bring pressure, I'm going to trust Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy Bunting and Carlton Davis one-on-one -on -one out there on the outside, you know, to make plays. And did they always stop them? No, they didn't. But that was a young group. Coming into this season, when I analyzed the, the Tampa Bay team, I said, they'll go as far as the secondary takes them. You know, they're all babies. They're all young, you know, Winfield's out now. But they're all young players. And sometimes that's a good thing. You know what I mean, Dan? You know, there was a time when you and I were young and dumb, and I, I didn't know any better. Well, of course I went to the Super Bowl my first year. Of course I went to the Pro Bowl my first year in the league. This happens to everybody, right? This is a long way from the Florida Gators going 0-10-1 my junior year. So, I mean, sometimes it just works out and you build this confidence and it starts going. Um, but I, I really think that looking now um, at, at what the – getting Vita Vea back and, and having some push. You know, Vita Vea was the best player on this Bucks defense when he was playing earlier in the year. He was the best. Mm. And what Devin White did a week ago in that game, and Levante David and Barrett and Ndamukong Sue and Jason Pierre-Paul looked like Jason Pierre-Paul again. All of a sudden you go, wow, you know, those three interceptions, at least two of them, I can't remember the third, at least two of them were three and outs. You know, yeah. it, it, was, it was three and out. And that's typically when Aaron Rodgers buries you. When you get one of those quick changes and he gets the ball back in his hands, they've got something in their hip pocket and he buries you. Let's go to the end of the first half. How does that happen with that kind of def defensive formation and Scotty Miller gets behind you? I, I'm just going to take a guess. I, I'm, I'm sitting there watching the game with uh, our, our family, and I said, I think he's going to throw a Hail Mary here because I didn't think that – um, that Green Bay would allow them to throw a quick out, right, to get in field goal range. So if you're not going to be gifted that, then I'm just going to take a shot at a Hail Mary and, and see what happens here, right? Um, but in reality, they could have had the quick out and they could have had the deep ball. Um, I, 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 I'm going to say that for King defensively, maybe he was thinking about that. Maybe he was thinking they're going to run a they're going to run a ten yard out here and get in field goal range, and so I'm going to I'm going to undercut this sucker and pick six it and 
you know, I, maybe I, I, because otherwise, you know, it, you're at the very least in three deep or quarters or at least two deep with two guys sort of sitting back on the goal line somewhere. Uh, but when he launched it, I said, I, I mean, I was thinking right away, this is a touchdown. I mean, Tom Brady's not throwing this ball unless Scotty Miller, who's really a, a bit of the unsung hero of this team now with Antonio Brown out, um, coming down with that thing. It was it was an amazing play, and it lost the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and people don't understand. You know, Scotty Miller was a, a, a track guy in, in high school and, and, you know, a 4-3-9 guy at the Combine. You know, he's not like Edelman. He's not one of those, not Wes Wilker. No. He's actually got straight ahead, you know, track speed. But, you know, let's go to the uh, two minutes to go and the uh, – Whatever you know, we're third and eight. You got to score a touchdown there. Rodgers, you know, they had three plays where they were going into the end zone there, and then you had the fourth down where they kicked the field goal. How about the? the how about all four bl- uh, plays together though, Chris? If you were going to dissect those on what the philosophy was of Green Bay and that they ended with kicking a field goal. Yeah, I mean, they came back to a play, that little double move, you know, where he came in and went back up. So you can't blame them for that. That one, that one looked good before. Um, they, I, I thought the real sequence came down to third down. Um, because on third down, you have to tell your quarterback, are we going for this on fourth down, right? You have to. And I'm going to take it one step further than that. I'm going to say – this is not a decision for the head coach. I think it's in today's day and age, and almost every team has this. And if the Green Bay Packers don't have this, they need to have this. They need to have a full-time guy and maybe a full-time staff that understands the analytics of where we are in the game, right? So it's let's take what the situation was. It was just outside the two-minute warning. So you're going to have three timeouts and you're going to have a two minute warning, right? So effectively four, four timeouts. So now you're also in a position where no matter what you do, if you kick a field goal, the goal is still the same. You still have to score a touchdown under no circumstances. Do you not have to score a touchdown in that situation? So you're going to take two shots it's scoring a touchdown. You're going to take it on fourth down. And if you make it two point conversion, but more importantly, if you miss it, if you don't score the touchdown there, you're leaving Tampa and Tom Brady, the ball on the seven or eight yard line, wherever they were in that situation. I can just tell you being inside your own 10 yard line with a trip to the Super Bowl on the line is so significant in what you can do defensively, your play calling, how you attack it, the whole thing. So there, there should have been – so they played for one, you know, one shot and a touchdown that would have won the game as opposed to needing a two-point conversion. So, I, I mean, let's not – the guy's not crazy, right? I mean, there is a thing. But there's no way in that set of circumstances, if they had the right analytics team with them, they don't tell, you know, Matt, you got to take your shot for two touchdowns here. Talking to Chris Collinsworth, NBC Sunday Night Football, and I agree with you. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm watching it, wondering, okay, at the worst case scenario is you leave Brady inside his ten, and then you take your chances at getting the ball back, then scoring a touchdown, two point conversion, going to overtime. Um, the 
Kansas City-Buffalo game, I kept thinking, if you're Buffalo, you can't go with the same script you had the last time you played them. Can you be aggressive enough with Kansas City? Like, the approach, if you were coaching Buffalo, the approach, would it have been much different than you saw last night with Sean McDermott and Josh Allen? Probably, but that's easy to say today. You know, I mean, I saw the results of the game, right? Um, a, a couple of things. I would have wanted to – I mean, Patrick Mahomes was the story of the whole week, right? It was turf toe, and it was coming off concussion. I don't think the concussion had anything to do with anything that he did in the game, so I'm just going to erase that one. The turf toe, I don't know that we really found out if it mattered or not. You know, I kind of wanted to see – I mean, you know what he does with that little back pedal and throw of his, right? But at some point, he has to make a quick stop and pivot and get back into his throwing motion. I would want to see him, at least in the first quarter of that game, run around a little bit. You know, you had a nine to nothing lead. The Chiefs do what did what they always do, which is <laughs> they're going to spot you. It's, it's like <laughs> when I used to race my dad. You know, he would spot me <laughs> 10 yards before I, we, the race would start. And so they spot him the nine points, which is usual for Kansas City. And then here it comes, right? And I'm not saying that they could have impacted Mahomes, but I would have at least early in that game wanted him thinking about that turf toe. You know, and you've got something. And we saw it impact him a little bit the week before and how he was throwing the ball. When you have something, and he's the best player on the field, I, I want to challenge that a little bit more than I think they did. How would you feel if you're a Buffalo fan today? Good. Really good. I I, I I thought Josh was not anywhere close to his best in this game. Um, and he reverted back to his weakness when he was struggling. And he wasn't struggling much this year. I don't want to – he's an ungodly player. I mean, he really is. And I think he's going to be great, great, great. I really do. Um, but young quarterbacks, when they're in big moments or in really tough situations or under pressure – do the same thing. They scramble right. Um, scramble right is a sign of we have to improve this, right? Patrick Mahomes is just as good going to his left scrambling as he is to the right. When you scramble to one side of the field, especially to the right side of the field, uh, people have defenses have seen that so much. Now, Josh has the ability to throw it all the way back across the field, a la a John Elway or somebody like that. Um, but for the most part, you're you're taking a third of the field away from what the defense has to cover. And in addition, you're also telling them if we bring any kind of pressure off the left side at all, he's going to move to his right. So you can begin to play that a little bit more. Young quarterbacks always do it. Watch, watch next preseason. Watch drafted quarterbacks. <laughs> I mean, nine times out of ten when they're flushed out of the pocket, they're moving to their right, and everybody goes, okay, we'll, we'll give them three years and they'll figure this out. Matthew Stafford fits best where? <laughs> oh, boy. Um, I think New England. You know, that, that feels like the obvious choice uh, to me. Um, but, you know, Dak Prescott, is going to determine a lot of things in my mind uh, because I, I'm assuming Dak gets signed with the Dallas Cowboys. But, man, after this 
2020 and 2021 and COVID, I'm not assuming anything anymore. I, you know, I, I just don't know what, what's going to happen. Um, you know, is, is their car going to be in play is, you know, I mean, there's going to be some guys out there and, and these, the, the draft choices this year are going to be good as well. And, and I think, th- I think the, the question that has to be answered for me in new England is, is this a long-term or a short-term play? I mean, Bill Belichick, I'm, I'm going to assume he wants to go get Don Shula's record, which means that he's probably has another four or five years at least uh, to try and go get that. Um, if he doesn't, and this is a two-year game plan and he wants to retire, you know, only Bill knows this. Uh, then Matthew Stafford feels like a great fit to me, you know, pop in there. Let's see what we can do. Let's see what we can, we can do quickly. Uh, if he starts moving up in the draft and they go get a play, I'm like, all right, this man's, he's never going to retire. Um, so there's, there's a lot of different things in play, but, but for Matthew Stafford, I, I think he's, I think he still has it. I, I do. I I've always thought that he was a better player than what the results, um, uh, indicated you know but uh but who knows great to talk to you chris we appreciate your time as always hope you're well thank you dan good talking to you buddy that's chris collins we're sunday night football color analyst thanks for listening to the dan patrick show podcast be sure to catch us live every weekday morning nine to noon eastern or six to nine pacific on fox sports radio find your local station for the dan patrick show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iheart radio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it, whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and Holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer that tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And it's less filling. Only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. You know, that summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year, be like, oh, man. Crack one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ariel Helwani, he covers the uh, sport of MMA, UFC for the mothership, and uh, he was... uh, there to uh, cover the Conor McGregor fight this weekend, Dustin Poirier. And uh, he's set to join us here on the program. More phone calls coming up as well. Uh, What did you expect to happen this weekend, Ariel? If I'm being honest, I expected Conor McGregor to win that fight, and that's that's no knock on Dustin Poirier. I just thought, considering how their first fight went six and a half uh, years ago, and considering how Connor looked and how he felt and what he was saying, I thought he was going to win, but um, I'm not surprised. And it really bothered me to hear the disrespect that Dustin was getting leading up to this fight because I think a lot of casual fans just tune in for Connor fights and they say, oh, he beat him six and a half years ago in less than two minutes. It's going to be a cakewalk. Dustin Poirier is one of the 10 best fighters on the planet, and no one should really be shocked by what he did on Saturday. But if you're a casual fan, should you want to know more about Poirier or the condition of McGregor as he moves forward in his career? I mean, obviously, Connor's the biggest star in the history of the sport, so I think his next move is probably what's of most interest to fans. Um, You know, we live in this culture. One thing that really bothers me is, especially with fighting, um, you know, these memes and stuff of him being, you know, knocked out on the ground and uh, mocking the fighters and stuff like that. Like, I think people are reveling in his quote unquote demise. I think I was on your show the Monday after his first fight, um, his first loss to Nathan Diaz. And everyone back then in 2016 was reveling in his demise. What did he do? He dusted himself off and he won the rematch. So I suspect the same thing will happen here. He's embraced the bad guy. Right. Uh, honestly, if you're the villain, it, the villain, how's that? You know what? In the in the in the past, yes. But the last year or so, we have seen a change in his demeanor and, and in his character, so to speak. Uh, first of all, th- like this fight started with him pledging to donate five hundred thousand dollars to Dustin's charity. Dustin has this amazing charity in Louisiana called the Good Fight Foundation, where he he builds playgrounds and helps kids less fortunate. So that's how this really started. So he is donating $500,000. He's done a lot for his community back home in Ireland. He, I mean, if you look at the, the talk leading up to the fight, there was no trash talk. If you look at the video and the scenes after the fight, no trash talk, hugging, saying, I'm, I'm happy for you. So this isn't the mm. Connor who fought Floyd. He's trying to change. Now, if he fights a guy like Habib, who he intensely hates... I suspect the old Connor could come back. Yeah, that's, but that is that good for the sport that Connor McGregor is the new and improved Connor McGregor. So, leading up to this fight, I had a lot of people say like, "Oh, I miss the trash talking Connor, right? Like, I want the showman, I want the the, the braggadocious guy who's going to go out there and hurl these insults." 
I personally think that he fights better this way, but uh, may- maybe there's something to be said for going back to the old Connor. Maybe there's something to be said for that guy who was, you know, poking the bear, trying to climb the ladder, trying to get everyone's attention. Maybe that gave him a little umph. I feel like that's looking into it a little too much. But yes, there's no doubt about it. People fell in love with this guy, not because he was donating money to his opponent's charity. They fell in love with him <laughs> because he was, you know, calling people names and 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 pretty much turning the whole sport upside down. So yes, there's absolutely a point to be made there. Did Khabib get uh, McGregor's attention, do you think, when he kind of called? Like, I'm trying to understand this because he's just saying basically, hey, come on, you know, you got something to say? Come on in. Let's, you know, if I'm Khabib, I'm going like, why? Yeah. So, you know, this whole thing has been sort of blown out of proportion. You recall back in uh, July of 2010 at the Boys and Girls Club in Stanford, Connecticut, there was something dubbed as the decision. You remember that, right? I, I, I vaguely recall that, yes. Yeah, we found out if uh, LeBron likes to bite his nails and all that stuff. Well, um, this was worse than that decision. I never thought I'd see a worse decision than the one in 2010, but what they've done with Habib has been worse because there is no decision to be made. This guy has been very clear about his intentions. His father passed away. His mother, who he's very close to, has said, I don't want you to fight without your father by your side. And he is respecting that. We need to leave the guy alone. We need to let him go off onto the sunset. If he wants to come back in two years, great. But take the belt away, vacate it. To be honest, this fight on Saturday should have been for the vacant title. And so I I don't think he's coming back. I don't think he was coming back if Connor won. And I certainly don't think he's coming back now that Dustin Poirier won because he beat Dustin Poirier in 2019. There's really no reason, no, no purpose for him to come back at this time. And I wish they would just leave him alone. How would you sum up the last 10 months for UFC? Oh my gosh. Uh, it, it has been a whirlwind. Uh, so as you know, they were the first ones to come back. They wanted to come back in April. Uh, they were told to stand down by Disney in the state of California. Dana White forged on, um, much to the chagrin of some. He put on the events in Florida and then in, in, in Vegas and in Abu Dhabi. I, I think that as a result of being first, and though they rolled the dice, and I even had reservations about them coming so soon, coming back so soon in the pandemic, they have they have earned a lot of new fans and a lot of people who never spoke to me about MMA, friends, family, neighbors now love the sport because in May, June, and July, there was nothing going on. There was nothing to gamble on and they fell in love with the sport. So the UFC capitalized on that. And if you, if you, you look at the numbers for this pay-per-view, they're saying 1.6 to 1.8 million. That's a smashing success. When does a fighter get old in, in UFC? Well, you know, uh, my co-host, Daniel Cormier, uh, is uh, 41, and he just retired, uh, and he was a two-time Olympian. So it depends on your your career. It also depends on the damage that you take. You know, there's a lot of guys who get into these firefights each and every time they fight, and come 31, 32, 33, they start to slow down. You have other guys like Khabib, who's in his early 30s, who's taken almost no damage throughout his career, and I suspect he could fight into his 40s. Uh, Connor, this was his first time that he'd ever been KO'd or TKO'd. He had never really taken this kind of damage in a fight. I mean, of course, he'd been submitted, but that's different, right? So I was saying, you know, if he still wants to do this, he could do this into his late 30s. So it really depends. I mean, one of the greatest fighters of all time, Randy Couture, started fighting in his mid-30s <laughs> and went into his mid-40s. So it's it's not quite like baseball, basketball, football, where, you know, you start when you're early 20s and then you're kind of done by your mid to late 30s. It's a little different in that regard. I was talking to the wife last night and we were wondering where we could take the kids. And I was wondering, can you vacation on uh, Fight Island? Uh, Fight Island? <laughs> uh, if you have a lot of money 
And also, uh, if you, I think if you have some connections, uh, you know, Fight Island is not really like a fight. It's, it's just a place. It's, it's, it's brilliant marketing on their, their part. They have been to, quote unquote, Fight Island many times in the past. In fact, I was there 11 years ago. It's Yaz Island in Abu Dhabi. And, you know, the, the, the geniuses at the UFC dubbed it Fight Island. And to their credit, it caught on. But they did have fans in attendance. So people did, uh, did fly in from all over, they said. And, uh, you know, they had around 2000 for this fight. The prices were you know, astronomical. Like, I think that the cheapest ticket was like 2000 2500 something like that. So, yes, you could go to Abu Dhabi, Dubai. And if you look at the scenes over there, it seems like they're handling the pandemic a little better than we are over here. But uh, you're not really going to see much if you go to, quote, unquote, Fight Island, because it's basically just an arena and a hotel. Yeah, as long as it's all-inclusive, that's what my wife wanted to know. Yeah. You know, like we could do a ground-and-pound restaurant. It could be a, like a, a steakhouse. You yes. Know, you know, I mean, we, little uh, arm bar. You know, arm bar. Yeah, the arm bar. I love arm that. Bar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great I thought job. of that off the top of my head, by the way. I'm no, pretty, that's well done. Hey, yeah. I, I would grab it. I'd trademark that thing. The arm bar. Let, let Conor McGregor know. Uh, you know what? I think he's doing pretty well with his whiskey and all his other endeavors. I might hold on to that one. Dana White will probably watch this and, and steal it and trademark it within the next 10 minutes, though. So. Uh, great to talk to you, Ariel. Thanks for joining Thank us as always, buddy. Anytime. Thank you. I like that. The armbar. Ariel Helwani. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray, rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. 
players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let me bring in Ryan Clark of the Mothership, the uh, former defensive back, and uh, kind enough to join us here on uh, on short notice. Do you want to start AFC or NFC there, Ryan? Listen, it's your show, Dan, man. I'm just honored to be on. I start where you tell me. All right. Let's start with the approach the Buffalo Bills had last night and what does Tampa learn from what Buffalo did or didn't do? <laughs> that you can't stop them no matter what you pick. When you think about <laughs> think about what Tampa did when they played Kansas City the first time. They they did what we've seen them do throughout the playoffs. They went man to man. They were single high safety and Patrick Mahomes carved them up for over four hundred yards. And so the Buffalo Bills went back to something they did in week six, right, where where Patrick Mahomes was checking off to runs, and they ended up rushing for over 200 yards, but they kept the score down. They only scored 26. What did he do differently this time, though? He, he went to the catch and run. He allowed Travis Kelsey. He allowed uh, Tyreek Hill to get the ball in space and have opportunities to create bigger plays. He got outside the pocket and created second play opportunities. And so it's kind of pick your poison when you play against the Kansas City Chiefs. Your hopes are he gets it out of his hand fast enough to not create big plays. But if you can't tackle on the back end, which the Buffalo Bills didn't do last night, you're in trouble. And so I think you have to have a mixture of that. But more than anything, Ben, he can't read your mail before the play. If Patrick Mahomes knows where to go with the football right away, if he knows if you're in single high safety or if he knows if you're in cover two and he can get the ball out of his hands quickly, those guys that catch the ball, those skilled players, are much too good to contain. And so Ty Bowles has a, a hard decision on his hands. Okay, but you're a defensive player. You couldn't go into a game as a player going, we have no chance of stopping them. <laughs> right? You wouldn't go in. Or, or maybe you would. Have you ever gone into a game where you went, we, we have no chance of stopping this, this quarterback or this offense? You know, absolutely not. And, and, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won't feel that way at all. You know, even Carlton Davis, who was burned for 200 yards in the first quarter against Tyreek Hill, he's going to step up and feel like he can do better this time, especially after matching up pretty well with Devontae Adams yesterday. But Tyreek Hill is different. Travis Kelsey is different. And so this is a game where you need your defensive coordinator to help you. This is a game where you need your offense to run the football and keep Patrick Mahomes off the field as much as possible. You don't, you don't just defend Patrick Mahomes 
with 11 people playing defense. You offend him. You defend him with your team. You defend him with your strategy, with your scheme. And so, yeah, you feel like you can go out there and play. But I'm going to tell you this. In 2010, when Aaron Rodgers was at the height of his Aaron Rodgers-ness, we go to the Super Bowl, and we played extremely well. There were plays I planned to get interceptions. There were things Coach LeBeau knew, and we knew exactly what was coming, and we were right there, able to make the play. And his throw was better. The placement was better. The velocity was better than we were. And sometimes that's what you – nope, I'm not even going to say sometimes. Most of the times that's what you run into when you play Patrick Mahomes, and many teams have seen that the last two years in the playoffs. But can you – I don't know if you disguise when you're going to double cover Kelsey or when you're going to double cover Tyree Kill because you can't double cover both of them. But so, how do you pick your poison each series or each play or you know each quarter? You know that that's what these two weeks are about, right? These two weeks are about understanding where they get the football and when they get it in the most important moments. And you can double them, and you can disguise when you double it. And you also know that you have Levante David and you have Devin White, right? Maybe the best linebacking core in the NFL, definitely top three. And you look at that and you say, you know what? It's going to be your job to handle Clyde Edwards-Elaire. It's going to be your job to handle Darrell Williams. We're not going to stack the front. We're not going to put eight people in the box. If they choose to run it, we feel like our guys are better than their guys up front. And so if you do have to call a play, which we called in Pittsburgh, was double the stars, right? If you played a team that had two threats, if it was Rob Gronkowski and and Wes Welker, right, and you know you're going to double the stars with a backer and a safety, you're going to lean a safety to Tyreek Hill, then you do those type of things. You just have to do it timely. And it's not necessarily about disguising it, because sometimes I want you to know I'm doubling Tyreek Hill, so you just throw it somewhere the hell else. I want you to know I'm doubling Travis Kelsey so you can throw it somewhere the hell else. And I think Todd Bowles is going to have to figure out when is the right time to play too high, single high, double blitz, because if he catches you and he knows it's coming, there's nothing you can do to stop it. What's it like when you're on the field with somebody you know is a whole lot faster than you? Like Tyreek Hill seems like he's a whole lot fast. Do you have a guy that you played against where you went, that guy's a whole lot faster Oh, okay. Chris Johnson, and it, it didn't even take any thought. There's a play. There's a play the year after we win win the Super Bowl, Dan, and this is coming off of the off season. It's the first game. It's a Thursday night game. You know the coronation of the reigning champs, and we're playing cover two. So I'm kind of backside about nine yards off the ball, and they start with run away for me. And so with run away, run away. I had to cut back, right? So I couldn't overrun the ball. He starts back toward us. He cuts back to the backside. And I'm nine yards from the line of scrimmage. Chris Johnson is still behind the line of scrimmage, but I see that he's going to get outside. I didn't take a 45-degree angle. I turned my body directly to the goal line he was going to, and I started running and not looking at it. Because I understood I wasn't going to catch him. The only reason I turned around, Dan, was so when the film came on, Coach LeBoca said, great effort, R.C. The only thing that helped me is that Troy played on our team, and he was somehow on game day the fastest person in the world, and he ended up catching him 40 yards down the field. So the moral to the story is Chris Johnson ran by me and Troy Palomalu all at the same time. When I knew I was only running to show that I had worked out in the offseason because I wasn't catching it. He's Ryan Clark of the Mothership joining us. Uh, I, I love what you tweeted out about Scotty Miller. Um, Ryan tweeted out, 
Scotty Miller is not like any of those New England receivers. I'm tired of telling folks that nothing about number 10 says bring his lunch pail first in last out coach on the field reads the zone dude is a burner address him as such LOL. Uh, you should have tweeted that to Kevin King prior to the game because he forgot that Scotty Miller was a track guy. This isn't Wes Welker or Julian Edelman. Yes. Well, you know, you know, you know what happened. What's funny is I tweeted that before the play at the end of the second quarter. So, so this was I don't know. I think they replaced Cameron Bray with Scotty Miller, and he runs out and they throw him the ball, and you know Troy is going off about. Julian Edelman and Wes Welker, you know, and listen, guys, I try not to bring race into things, but sometimes racial bias plays a part. And this wasn't my racial bias. It was Troy's. Troy saw a short little white guy, and he thought all those other dudes that had ever played with Tom Brady. He is not that dude. This is the, this is the dude that when you do go to the track meet, and I hope I can say this on your show, when you do go to the track meet and he wins the one the four by one by coming back from last place and beating all the other black dudes on the track, they say, hey, man, y'all seen that white boy? That's who Scotty Miller is. He's that fast. He's that explosive. And he will embarrass you. And so I don't know what we have to do to get scouting reports around the world changed, but this is he's none of those people. Now, he may do all those things. He may be first in, first out. He's also first to finish every sprint at practice. He's the fastest guy on the team. He's a deep ball threat. And had Kevin King read my Twitter or had he had his phone on the sideline, maybe he wouldn't have been beat deep. I think I need a faster name for him, Ryan. Like, Scotty Miller doesn't. I mean, that doesn't sound like a fast guy. I, th- I think it does. I mean, think about it. Chris Johnson. That's a fast name. You know. Well, no, he and had a great. Fast. He had a great nickname, though. Oh yeah, we do. I don't. I mean, White Lightning would obviously be probably too racist about, and also about, too easy. How about Smoke Miller? But but uh, John Brown is Smoke in Buffalo. Oh okay. Yeah, but he's not in the playoffs, so he can. There's only two teams left in the playoffs. I don't know. I don't know what other like jungle cat is as fast as a cheetah either, because Tyreek's already playing on the other side. <laughs> um, the uh, decision by the Packers to go for the field goal. I can only tell you what I thought in real time, and I I didn't understand the sequence of plays. If you know you're going to go for it on fourth down, I got to change what I'm going to do for the other three downs, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious what you saw and if you agreed with what the Packers were trying to do. Absolutely did not agree with what the Packers were trying to do. I think when you get in that position, Dan, you say this is four down territory, and now you start to call your plays according to that. Uh, obviously, you have the miss on the miscommunication on the slant. Uh, then you have second down. Then on third, you know, we're trying to decide whether Aaron Rodgers runs or, or, or does whatever. But I think if you call your plays differently, you're not in a position where you're thinking of going for fourth and eight or fourth and nine. You're closer to the goal line, and you can make those plays. The other thing that's confusing for me is you hear so many times when people are in the red zone, they get a penalty, and you say, oh, the playbook now opens up. How come the playbook was closed all of a sudden? And you have Aaron Rodgers. I'm not sure if you ever watched the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Dan, but here's what I thought about what he essentially did was what Colton did on the last shot of the game when he stole the ball from Will Smith. He didn't give him a chance. 
And if you remember, Carlton threw that ball over the over the basketball goal. And that's what happened. When you when you kick that field goal and now you're depending on your defense, who has Kevin King on it, who played terrible all day, you've taken the ball out of the best player on your team's hand, probably the MVP this season. And what struck me most about this is the reason you're losing, the reason you're down at least a touchdown, is because Bruce Arians trusted his Hall of Fame quarterback and put him back on the field late in the second quarter, and they pick up a fourth down, and then they throw that football to Scotty Miller to score. You have to have that same type of gumption, those same type of guts. you got to go win it in that moment. And to make that decision, even when the analytics tell you it's not that big of a change if you go for the field goal or not, is unacceptable. Did you ever uh, get a pick against Brady? Of course not. He always Brady beat our butt like every time. We beat him one time, and it was one of the happiest talk? moments of my did he of trash my regular talk you? season life. No, no. He he was actually. I, I will give him this. I got the opportunity to talk to him my last year. We were in Washington. We were playing him. Mean, he was actually highly complimentary uh, of me and Troy. But I will say this: the year Troy and I were both out was the year Anthony Smith guaranteed a win against the undefeated <laughs> Patriots. He throws, they, he throws a touchdown, uh, a bomb. He throws, throws a long pass uh, and, and runs 60 yards. Anthony Smith ended up being the guy beating a play run 60 yards to stand in front of Anthony Smith and tell him about his guarantee. And, and when I saw that, like, it was like the realest moment to me because I was like, here he is, this, you know, six-round pick. Uh, a guy from California, extremely classy, extremely distinguished, and he chose to run 60 yards he didn't have to to tell somebody about keeping their mouth closed. And that's when I gained a lot of respect for the competitor Tom Brady was. What do you think Aaron Rodgers was saying after the game about his future in Green Bay? Um, I think this was the first time, because of the way things ended, Aaron Rodgers let himself look at, the draft, the draft pick of Jordan Love in totality. Um, mm-hmm. I think he, he tried his best to be a great teammate. He tried his best to be a great leader. And I think because he understood that the perception of him was that he wasn't going to do that. The perception of him was that he was going to make it hard on Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers. So I think he fought that all season, and I think he found some joy in that. And I, and I believe you get to this position, um, you don't win the – you don't win the NFC championship. Your, your coach doesn't allow you to go for it on fourth down. And then you start to let everything weigh on you. You know, the pick, not getting an extra weapon, not giving me the opportunity to go on fourth down, maybe not having a chance to have an extra playmaker to help me win this game. And you say, you know what, this may not be the place for me. But that's emotion talking. I think he steps away and realizes he's 26-6. and six in the last two seasons and he's been seasons and he's been to the NFC championship twice and he'll probably settle down and understand let's go try to get another run at this. Would you want Matthew Stafford if you're a contender and you need a quarterback? I would. I think Matthew Stafford is one of the more underrated players of his generation. Uh, it's because he's been in Detroit his whole life. It's because he necessarily hasn't had the pieces around him to win. Uh this is a guy with as much arm talent and plenty arm talent to win football games. Obviously, we've seen the type of toughness that this man has because of the beatings he's taken. Uh, I think you have to be the right team. You know, if I'm the San Francisco 49ers, somebody I look at. If I'm the Washington football team, it's a quarterback I look at. If I'm the Indianapolis coach, he's a quarterback I take a look at. I don't know if those teams have what the Detroit Lions will want to get him, 
but he's definitely a viable choice as a starting quarterback in this league. Yeah, I don't know if it's just a first-round pick, Ryan, right? because it, it, if they decide – why did they announce publicly that they're parting ways? Why, why do you – you lose leverage, don't you? Um, I, I think you definitely lose leverage because if I'm another team out there, I say, well, if we don't have the trade capital or want to give up the trade capital it will take to get him, then they're going to probably just release him anyway. Why not play that game? Why not play the free agent game? Or maybe there's a team that wants him so much, believes he's so vital to their success, or believe that they're one Matthew Stafford away from winning a championship that does come with what's what's needed or what Detroit wants to get him. Um, I, I think that, for me, I don't announce it. Or maybe you just announce it so teams know that Matthew Stafford has the ability to start talking about a trade and what that would look like for him and for the Detroit Lions. In case I don't talk to you before the Super Bowl, who do you got? As long as Patrick Mahomes is alive, I'm probably going to pick him to win every single game he plays in. So I got the Chiefs. You're going to bet against Tom Brady? I am. Okay. But not with real money. hey you're doing great uh we appreciate you joining us and uh, hope to have you on again thank you ryan man thank you so much that's uh ryan clark thanks for listening to the dan patrick show podcast be sure to catch us live every weekday morning nine until noon eastern six to nine pacific on fox sports radio and you can find us on the iheart radio app at fsr or stream us live on the peacock app When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.